Hey guys, I'm Dia. And I'm Isa. And for this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. This is a bonus podcast episode and we wanted to do a deep dive on something that's been going on in the news recently. So we want to talk about what's happening in India with the farmers' protests against the three farming bills that were passed by the government in September. Um, So we were seeing a lot of posts about this issue on our social media, and we have quite a few friends whose families and communities are being affected by these protests um, back home. And we kind of wanted to get a better understanding of what's going on because it is a complex issue. Um, We also might do more of these type of podcasts in the future. So let us know if you find this one helpful. Also, we'll be providing the sources that we used in the podcast description and if we do make any mistakes, they're our own, and feel free to email us at dbgpodcast at gmail.com to let us know, and we will definitely correct any errors that we make. So, Iza, do you want to talk about what's what we've been seeing on the news these days about it? Yeah, I'll try to do a quick summary. Um, so, over the course of the last few days, hundreds of thousands of Indian farmers from Punjab, Haryana, and Uttar Pradesh and Rajasthan have marched towards the national capital of India, Delhi, in protest of the government passing three new legislations. So the legislations are the Farmers Produce Trade and Commerce Act, the Farmers Agreement of Price Assurance Act, and Farm Services and the Essential Commodities Amendment. Uh, The farmers have set up camps strategically along five major roads in Delhi and state that they have enough resources to stay in these camps for months if their demands regarding these new regulations are not met. While these protests have been ongoing for the past two months within Punjab and Haryana, The issue got national attention when the Delhi police attempted to keep these protesters out of the city, which led to a violent clash between the two parties, during which the police used tear gas, water cannons, and batons on the protesters. So why is this happening? So first, we need to understand how the farming sales are currently conducted in India. They have a pretty complicated system, and it takes a while to kind of get a hold of. So the crop is sold in wholesale marketplaces where farmers sell their produce to buyers in an auction. These marketplaces are called mandis. These mandis are facilitated by adities who act as middlemen between the farmers and buyers. So these middlemen are given licenses by the Agricultural Produce Marketing Committee, the APMC, which oversees these mandis for each state. The farmers can't sell produce directly to buyers. Uh, in addition, the... APMC charges Monday fees for the farmers in order to attend these things. So basically, the crop cannot be sold directly from farmer to buyer, and these middlemen are required in order to facilitate this exchange of money and produce. So farmers are currently granted a minimum support price, the MSP, by the government for specific crops. You might have heard this come up in the news frequently. At the beginning of each season, the government declares MSPs for 23 different crops. This rate sets the price at which the government will buy the crops from the farmers in case they can't sell it to the middlemen. So what this does is it gives the farmers a lot of security and backing at the Monday when they go to sell. This way they aren't exploited by competition and buyers to reduce the price further. If this is the current situation, now we need to figure out how these new bills that, as I mentioned, these three new bills are going to affect farmers and why are they protesting against it. So these three bills are essentially going to open up the farmers to be able to sell directly to corporations instead of using the middlemen as an intermediary. They allow farmers to sell their produce outside of mandis without having to pay taxes or fees, enter into direct contracts with corporations, and remove any restrictions on crop movement and distribution. 
Farmers are concerned that without any government intervention or facilitation by the Mundies, these regulations will leave them at the mercy of corporations and their demands, since they will have to deal with them directly. Furthermore, small farmers are afraid that they'll be at a disadvantage because corporations might not want to deal with them. In addition, the new legislations don't provide any guarantee that the MSP, the minimum support price, is going to continually be a thing that the government provides. So they're worried that with uh, this promotion of direct buyer-to-seller exchange, the MSP will also disappear and then it will enable the exploitation of farmers because they won't have the government's backing and prices will have to reduce significantly, which will hurt their livelihood. It's also worth mentioning that the Mundy system has its own share of problems. Its use of middlemen between buyers and farmers make it pretty inefficient, and it's resisted in the waste of large quantities of produce. In addition, even though it was created to protect farmers from undue pressure from buyers, the Mundies can often act like monopolies. For example, in December 2010, when onion prices peaked in India, the Competition Coalition of India, with checks for monopolies, revealed that one firm had bought a fifth of the total onion trade, at Lasalgon APMC. However, in spite of its issues, the farmers desired the protection and oversight provided by the money system that protects them. So what do the farmers actually want? They want the government to repeal these three bills, or they would also want or could settle for a guarantee that the MSPs will remain. The, the bills don't actually mention the MSPs directly, but the implications are there that they will disappear. The government is saying that the money system and the MSP system will stay. However, because they're removing fees for farmers that directly engage with buyers, it's actually cheaper for farmers to sell directly than to have to pay Monday fees. And so that's the farmers fear that the dissolution of the Monday system, as well as the MSP, is inevitable. With these protests that are going on, how has the Indian government responded to the protesters' demands? So initially, uh, the farmers that have now marched to Delhi tried to garner support from the respective state governments. Um, but the governments of Uttar Pradesh and Haryana failed to appease them. And the Rajasthani and Punjabi state governments have actually now expressed their support of the farmers and are backing the protests. Modi's government insists that these new laws support farmers' rights and will help transform India's agriculture sector. Um, so Modi responded to the criticisms and protests by tweeting, quote, For decades, the Indian farmer was bound by various constraints and bullied by middlemen. The bills passed by parliament liberate the farmers from such adversities. Quote. Uh, Modi is instead shifting the blame onto his opposition parties, claiming that they are misleading the farmers. Uh, he also went on to say, quote, our intentions are as holy as the water of River Ganga, unquote. Um, so this is an interesting statement to make, um, especially coming from Modi. So the River Ganga is holy to Hindus. Um, from my research, it does not hold much re religious significance among Sikhs, um, and the majority of the protesters are Sikh. Um, and Modi's government has also been accused of pushing a Hindu nationalistic agenda and discriminating against the religious minorities in India in the past. So just the fact that he made that statement has some people talking about the fact that he's trying to incite basically a religious war so that they can escalate the situation and start arresting the protesters. Um, so currently, talks between the government and the farmers have been scheduled for December 3rd. Uh, political figures around the world have also expressed their support uh, for the Indian farmers and condemned the violent treatment that they have been subject to. 
Uh, Canada Defense Minister Harjeet Sajjan tweeted, the reports of peaceful protesters being brutalized in India are very troubling. Many of my constituents have family there and are worried about the safety of their loved ones. Healthy democracies allow peaceful protest. I urge those involved to uphold this fundamental right. This protest has become a hot political issue in India, as the agriculture sector employs half of India's 1.35 billion people and contributes nearly 15% of India's $2.7 trillion economy. Another important thing to take into account is that over the last few years, growing debts, poor harvests, and droughts have caused suicide rates amongst farmers to skyrocket. It's quite a dire situation over there. Um, Furthermore, this issue is actually also about gender equity. So 80% of economically active women in India work in the agriculture sector. They also make up 33% of the agriculture workforce. Uh, Female farmers already face a slew of issues due to gender roles, cultural norms, um, and discriminatory setups, which make it difficult for them to own land and borrow money from banks. And these new regulations would add an extra set of challenges for these female farmers. So, for example, uh, the new regulations encourage more direct contact of farmers with private players. However, female farmers, who are already kind of an invisible population, would have a harder time transferring their harvests and leaving their villages due to long-maintained gender roles entrenched very deeply into their culture. So, with all that said... um, What can we do to help? So as mentioned before, a lot of our friends um, and much of the Punjabi diaspora has family back home being affected by this issue. Um, So we did some research. Currently, it seems like monetary funding isn't an issue for the protesters, um, seeing that they're being backed by a lot of people um, and they have come prepared from their own statements. Um, Khalsa Aid, an international NGO, is working with their team in India to provide protesters with langar, um, langar being free meals that are provided by the Sikh temple. Um, and they've also set up an email address where you can e-transfer the money if you wish to support this. We'll post that in the podcast description. Um, aside from that, though, if you check the Khalsa Aid website, they have stated that they're not actively fundraising for the protests at this time because they haven't. there's been no request for funds. But they're keeping an eye on the situation and they'll update their website as the situation unfolds. I spoke to a few friends who were actually able to send me a few other resources. So one is that there's a petition online available through change.org if you wish to support the farmer's demands that the legislation be revoked. Um, And then there's also a link that we'll provide, um, which is to a project which is designed to support the families that are being impacted by all the suicides happening amongst the farmer population at this time. Um, I actually just checked my phone. I have some more messages some from, from some other friends who are providing some other links and resources. Um, we'll just keep updating our podcast description as we receive more. And you can check all the links out there if you want to help. With all the news coverage that's been going on about this topic, and as we can see the increasing violence towards the protesters, we felt this was a really important issue to shed light on, especially because the situation is complex and has a lot of history behind it. We hope this was useful to you. And if you're interested in these kinds of podcasts in the future, please let us know. We'd love to do more of these deep dives to get a better handle on complex situations that are important to us. All right, take care and thank you very much.